0: And welcome back to the show. We're going to turn the conversation out to another top story in Connecticut, which is that both Eversource and United Illuminating have asked for significant rate increases. That's been making the headlines the last couple of days. Eversource estimating that its rate increase could cost the average utility uh, holder, the actual average user, about $38 a month. and ui coming in around 26 dollars a month which is significant increase so ted novicki is with us he is the director of regulatory affairs for united illuminating Uh, united illuminating asked to come on today to explain a little bit about what this rate increase is ted hello and welcome to the show thanks for joining us
1: Thanks for having me, Lisa.
0: Sure. So it's a lot of money for people, $26 a month. It seems like a big gulp. Why? Uh,
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, not only an employee of the company, I'm a rate payer. Are you? So I. Are you with UI or Eversource? Uh, I'm with UI. I actually live and work in the town of Orange. Okay. I randomly grew up there as well. but uh, yeah, so uh, this is an annual filing. It's called the rate adjustment mechanism, and it basically encompasses all public policy costs. So these are charges on your bill that do not go, United Illuminated collects it, does not go to our bottom line. We do not profit off of these. These are pass through oh. costs. So, oh,
0: so then there's, so why do you have to ask Pure Afford, or it happens anyway? <laughs>
1: No, we, we do have to go in once a year and perform this uh, rate adjustment mechanism filing on an annual basis, both us as well as Eversource. Sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes it's down. It's an
0: adjustment, but it's not a request for a rate increase. It's different than a rate case.
1: It is. Cr- that's correct. So only about 30% of your bill actually goes to funding the United Illuminating Company. Uh, about 50% goes to Generation. About yeah, maybe at maybe forty five fifty percent and about twenty five percent goes to cover uh public policy costs so so what do we mean with, yeah what do you mean when, when we talk about public policy costs so uh the state legislature um years back around twenty eighteen twenty nineteen had uh, opted to enter into a contract a fixed contract with uh the millstone nuclear power plant. Uh, we also have a fixed contract with Seabrook. Now, these are both uh, carbon-free emissions. Where is Seabrook? Um, New
0: ha- New Hampshire. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, so Millstone obviously is right here within right. the the borders of the state of Connecticut. So these are carbon-free uh, generation, and it's a fixed price. Um, but now understand, electricity is not a fixed price. Think about your gasoline or or any other commodity. Really, it goes up, it goes down. So the way that the state structured this is that we have to buy a set amount of electricity every year uh, for these, uh, from these power plants. Uh, it's great. It's reliable power. It's clean. Um, but we're locked in at a fixed price. So sometimes, um, because no one uses electricity in the exact same manner year to year, sometimes we have an excess of power from the contract, uh, and that would be the state. So the state isn't consuming as much electricity as we've contracted with uh, Millstone. And what we do is— And what happens when that happens? So we, on behalf of the ratepayers, again, myself being one, we sell off that uh, excess electricity.
0: And then we get the money back. So then we get it—
1: Correct. Well, not always, though, right? So— we you do get the money back or you 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 feel the effects of it. So let's go back a year. Uh you remember everyone remembers uh generation rates which we don't generate, we're not in the business. Uh we're just the poles and wires. Um the generation prices went through the roof and mm-hmm. a lot of that was geopolitical, right? right? The Russian invasion of Ukraine and commodities specifically natural gas increasing. So, what happened was when we were selling off this excess electricity, we're actually making, on behalf of the ratepayers, a considerable amount of uh, revenue. What happened was we had this money, and now what goes up must come down. Our th- thoughts were, and we made our recommendations, uh, that we should spread this out over time so that there never is a rate shock, which we're actually seeing today as a result of this. But uh, the regulators were insistent upon uh, this money being credited back immediately to customers. So you saw one line item on your bill go from something to nothing. And, I see. And that was called non-bypassable FMCC. But how
0: much per, per um, what was the average bill that that was? Was it $5 a month, $10 a month? How much was that about?
1: So it literally went down to nine thousandths of a cent per But what, per what it did it used hour. to be? In other words, uh, how rock.
0: much of a reduction on average did people see?
1: Uh they probably saw in in the range of around $15. Okay, to, and now this is going up by 26. Dollars. Correct. So so half of of what's happening in in half of what is filed in this RAM filing is around those types of contracts and that's in in a line item on your bill called non-bypassable federally mandated It's
0: all charge. gobbledygook to Absolutely.
1: everybody. Absolutely. And what's the other half? So the other half is called system benefit charge and that's where um, every program that, you know, is uh, our state legislature passes into law, that that's where those pro- programs end. So what are those programs, right? Um, some great examples would be the new low, uh, low income discount rate uh, or LIDAR, um, which is a program uh, intended to help those who are less fortunate that cannot afford their bills. Uh, additionally, it, it's also— And is
0: that something the state mandates you to— Subsidize. And so you subsidize it by charging people who can't afford to pay?
1: No. Actually, it's uh, what the state mandates we put on our bills. There's there's no subsidization. It's just you now need to collect this money, which sounds a lot like a tax, right? Um, that could be in a tax rather than on your electric bill. Uh, nonetheless, it is on your electric bill. It is intended to help electric customers. Uh, But, yeah, so we basically – the way that this works is um, we are told and we are required to perform these programs. And that would be both Unite Illuminating as well as Eversource. Uh, Now – you don't see that as a line item. You see system benefit charge. But that is where all of these state programs get funneled in. So
0: are you trying to say – we're chatting with Ted Novicki of United Illuminating. Are you trying to say that a lot of the $26 per month on average increase in the United Illuminating is, number one, not going to UI's bottom line, and number two, is a result of Hartford requirements that utility companies have to charge us?
1: I would say that that's completely accurate. And actually, I would give you a a round number just between those two parts. It's about 90% of that. About 90% of that. Yeah.
0: And the other 10% is what? Is that for profits for UI?
1: Nope. Uh, Again, none of this money goes back to UI. uh, So that would actually cover transmission, which uh, you may remember in the 1990s. Again, very similar to a lot of these programs. Um, I think our lawmakers had good intentions. Uh, and noble intent, but ultimately there were unintended consequences. So back in the '90s, they decided that they wanted, you know, folks like the United Illuminating Company, and at the time it was CLNP, but now it's Eversource, uh, to uh, be deregulated. Which- I,
0: I do remember that's the source of a lot of looking back in 2020 hindsight Absolutely. situation. Absolutely.
1: So. So when we did that, though, we we became uh, part of what's called ISO New England. It's the independent service operators of New England. And, and what that really means is those are the people that now charge and make up about 50% of your electric bill. They're the ones that own power plants, which we legally can't. Mm-hmm. And they generate power and they sell it at a profit. Okay. And, and our regulators now no longer have right. oversight over right. them.
0: Right, and that's something they're not happy about.
1: So so there is a certain amount of of uh, this charge that actually goes to the New England system because okay. we're part of this ISO New England system. But we system.
0: wouldn't be here talking if the average charge was less than $3.
1: Wow. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Correct, and if you were to look at what the what that you know what component of this increase is based on, that uh, it's under half a cent. Yes, it's uh, not a big deal. It's it is not a big deal. The major drivers, again, uh, this is an almost entirely a public policy increase.
0: Public policy meaning public policies, correct? Various public policies, correct? Various pockets of which the Hartford legislators have decided that they needed to spread the cost among utility users of things that they felt were beneficial for
1: us. Correct, and and it's very easy to rubber stamp these and to take credit, look at all this great stuff I've done. What is not so easy is on the back end uh, saying, hey, I, I did that. Mm. Uh, I am accountable for that, and yet here we are. I'm
0: accountable, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, those the, two words, holy cow! I, yeah,
1: you won't you won't hear that too often you won't. in politics. But you know, I mean, if if you look at it again, it's system benefit charge. That's the line item. It doesn't say public policy, but but I do want to come back to that point because of note, the United Illuminating has actually just changed our bill design. Um, we have oh, made yes? it easier to read. And at the very top, it's
0: courageous of you.
1: Absolutely. Well, you'll see. It's certain, I will see. Certainly, I'm a strategic. UI user too.
0: We'll see. I'm Perfect. a UI and ever I have a property in Fairfield and Westport.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um. So, if you look at the very top now, we have four buckets. One says generation, and I'm going left to right. Uh, that's for the again these independent generators that are selling electricity that they're creating at a profit. Okay. You have the next bucket, which is transmission, and and transmission is interstate. Uh, traffic of electricity so you know no one wants a power plant next to their house yet you have to get the power here especially when it's clean sourced um they end up being from far away so you have to build out the transmission system the next bucket is distribution those are the poles and and wires that you see every day when you're driving down the road uh and the final bucket and this is a new bucket. that's gonna make things probably a little more tricky for for our friends up in Hartford, Uh, it's called public policy. So you're gonna have seen, you know, what would have been a much lower number have gone up 90% on their bill, so.
0: All right, well, let me ask you this since I have you here, Ted, and um, I know you're Director of Regulatory Affairs. Correct. Um, I would like to know if you know When United Illuminating will share the design of the new transmission line that they are building in the wake of the Siting Council deciding that they shouldn't put it where they originally wanted to put it, where you guys wanted to put it.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not part of the projects team. At all? Uh, in, in terms of that team? No, I am not. But, um, yeah, so it is still being worked on and considered. And I'm sure at the absolute first uh, opportunity, once it's completed and agreed upon, that we will be uh, sharing that publicly, as we did originally with the original design uh, meeting with the town uh, officials as well as the town.
0: Well, this is the concern. And I'm speaking with Bill Gerber, who's the first selectman of Fairfield. Mm-hmm. He said that UI is saying that you're knocking on residents' doors now along the new planned path north of the tracks to make them aware but the question is what are you making them aware of if you don't know what the plan is
1: I'm sure that we're doing our due diligence to uh, obviously take a look at what the different options are and kind of ensuring that we'll be ready to go
0: but how can you knock on doors in other words what are you sharing when you're knocking on doors you're, you're the it, director of uh, regulatory affairs. You don't know what, what's happening out there on the road?
1: I do not know out, uh, who is meeting with who out there. Uh, I, we do not have daily uh, meetings on this, or I don't at least. But, yeah, I, I do know that once we have an agreed upon solution, we're going to be sharing it with all stakeholders.
0: I'm just curious to know if you're knocking on the doors to get information from people or you're knocking on the doors to give information to people.
1: Again, I I couldn't tell you. I mean, we do knock on doors for a whole host of reasons, whether it's to check your meter, to perform vegetation management. But in this instance, uh, unfortunately, I just don't know.
0: Well, listen, um, you've worked for UI, what, since 2012, I saw in your bio? Yep. So you've worked for the company for a really long time, and I've gotten to interview a couple of Quite wonderful uh, people that have worked on the lines, one for 40 years, this wonderful guy that came in. It was really fun to meet him. So I know that there's a lot of homegrown people that really care about the utility. And obviously, we all have a stake in healthy power supply. Correct. But I would just like to say to you, uh, since you're here on my show, that I think that the design that you've come up with is ugly and intrusive and not only intrusive from the point of view of how it will affect people's private property rights, which obviously is a very big deal, mm-hmm. but also because everybody who has to ride by has to see it all the time. Yep. And I really wish that you would consider making most of this underground. I, I mean that truly. I, mm-hmm. I think that that's what the community wants you to do. We have a pretty wealthy community in yep. Fairfield County. And- And including Bridgeport, which is also part now, I understand, of of objecting to this. And we really care about what's going to be for the next 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. Mm -hmm. And if you look at that as an investment in the stake of how our community looks, it's worth it to a lot of people. Even though we acknowledge there'll be a lot of disturbances of vegetation. They will have to be to put something underground means you've got to dig underground and take up roots of trees. And that can be painful in the short term. But in the long term, you can put the tree back. And if you have these 95-foot-tall monopoles, they're there forever.
1: Yeah, I. you know, we obviously always have to consider all ratepayers and the impact of this, just as, you know, I mentioned before, you know, there can be unintended consequences, and what might seem like a great idea to one person could adversely affect someone else. So I'm certain that we are... Researching all available uh, methods of doing this in the most cost-effective manner.
0: Okay. Well, we'll keep having you on. We'll keep having this discussion, Ted. But thanks for letting us know what this $26 is about. We can appreciate your point of view. It's going to be the rare politician who owns up to it, as you said. Correct. But you're trying to let people know that it, quote, isn't your fault.
1: Yeah, again, it is a complete pass-through, and none of this goes into the pockets of the United Illuminating Company.
0: Thank you, Ted. Ted Novicki from UI here on the Lisa Wexler Show. When we come back, a very exciting conversation that I'm going to get to have with my family of family, my, my mishpacha of mishpacha from New Haven for a celebration of the life and work of Laurel Vlock in Greater New Haven. Stay with us.